0: In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Michael Ashford. Michael's going to share how his experiences as an online health and fitness advocate, marketing expert, and online entrepreneur, let alone being a busy, committed father and husband, have shaped his story. And we're going to talk about the power of story and how every man has a story that can impact others. Michael shares his heartfelt yet powerful message to his children and what he hopes listeners like you will take away from his book should you choose to read it. Michael's going to give you the four guiding principles every man should live by and tell you exactly how to arrange them according to priority. Michael's going to talk about how you can make connections and have interesting conversations that are going to open your world and lead you to having the best experiences of your life. Not only that, Michael's going to tell you exactly what to remove from your life if you want to be a dad of significance and impact. I'm excited for this episode. My conversation with Michael Ashford starts now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast dedicated to helping fathers develop the leadership skills necessary to truly make a difference in their families, in their business, and in the community around them. I am Cam Hall. I am your host, and it's great to see you today. If you are new here, welcome. It's great to see you. I appreciate you. But if you're new here, hit that subscribe button. I'd hate for you to miss out on an upcoming episode and great conversation. And if you listen to today's conversation and it brings you value in any way, I encourage you to share this with someone you know. Share this with a friend, a family member, a colleague, someone who this conversation could speak into their life today. Let's pay it forward today. I'm excited to dive in to our conversation today with Michael Ashford. Now, I have to say, I, I've known Michael for some time, and I want to give him an introduction. I know he is one of the most humble guys that you will ever meet, but I want to tell you a little bit about him because when I chat with Michael, I feel like I'm chatting with a good friend. A good friend that I've never actually met in person, by the way, uh, but a good friend. and Michael is a husband, a father, he's a coach, he's a TEDx speaker, he's a podcast host, he's an author of the book, The Involved Man, a call for men to step up and fight against, fight for the things that matter most. And when I met Michael, man, almost five years ago, Michael had just founded Fit Dad Fitness. Uh, where you can still find him on Instagram at Fit Dad Fitness. And he was launching the Fit Dad Fitness podcast, a podcast he then hosted for four and a half years and recorded almost 400 episodes, 400 powerful episodes. Uh, Michael is now the host of the Follow Up Question podcast, where he interviews people of all backgrounds with incredible stories with a hope that the listener becomes more informed, thoughtful and reflective person. Now I I could go on and on about Michael and his accomplishments, but what really sets Michael apart and truly makes Michael a dad making a difference is his commitment to his family, his commitment to his own leadership development and his unique strength to build strong relationships that matter and his ability to make a lasting impact on everyone around him. Man, I'm so excited for our conversation today. Welcome to the show, Michael. Cam, I need to
1: hire you for my PR, buddy. (laughs) And listen, we've got to, at some point, we've got to change the fact that we've never met in person and make that happen because...
0: I'm a mountain or something.
1: I know, right, man? I mean, it it doesn't help that we live in literally different countries, but uh, we got to make that happen, man. No, I'm... So excited to be here. Thank you for that intro. I appreciate it. And I am so pumped that you're doing a podcast, man. I love it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. I've had, there's been a lot of positive feedback. A lot of guys reached out and said, Hey, it's about time. <laughs> so no, I, <laughs> thank you for your encouragement. And I, like I said, I'm so excited to have you and you know, our first 10 episodes and man, I'm excited to dive in today and you speak a little about the, Hey, we need to meet in person. And I think it's such an interesting time right now where we're coming out about two and a half years where a lot of us have let, you know, lived in a little bit of isolation, but we've still founded ways to connect and interact and interact. And we have interacted over social media. Uh, we've I've had the pleasure of being on your fit that fitness podcast a couple of times. And can you speak to a little bit about how you have, been able to connect and not be isolated in in the last little bit
1: well social media and and technology get dumped on so often for all the negative aspects of it mm. and all of that stuff it's it's how you use it right like i've used social media and i love it because i can i've connected with literally hundreds of people thousands of people at this point who from all walks of life have interesting stories to tell, um, have interesting backgrounds. I mean, I think everyone has a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And it's all in how if you wake up every day ready to be offended by something and you go on social media to prove to the world that you are offended and you're mad about this next thing, then yeah, social media and technology are going to be a really crappy way to connect with people. Uh, you're going to yep. make more enemies than friends that way. Yep. But if you use it for what it is, it is a a way to connect with people that are different from you who have different experiences and perspectives than you in a way that no other human beings in history have had access to. I mean, just think about that, man. Like that is it's you and I would probably never okay. have connected yeah. without, you know, we're sitting here on a zoom call we have podcasts that are darn near free to produce these days. If you really right. wanted to go that route, that route, um, you know, social media—it's all free. You know, those yeah. the ability to go live, like to stream yourself live to the world. Fifty years ago, you're talking about millions of dollars, man. Right, and yeah. so it's all in how you use it. And for me, whether it is through the fitness work that I do or now, as you mentioned in the the wonderful intro, uh, with the work that I do on the follow-up question and trying to uh, really help us bridge divides, man, it's there, it's ready for you. You just got to go into it with the right mindset. And and so this time in in our lives, which we're going to look back, we're going to look back on 2020 and 2021 here in 30 years and be like, what the heck did we just live through? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, I've I've been I've been good man. Like, yeah. and I I don't want to discount the fact that many people have not been. Right. Um, that that is a serious issue but in terms of connecting with people and making connections and and having really interesting conversations man uh, it's been it's been the time of my life That's from right. that perspective. Yeah. Awesome man. And you
0: know you mentioned everybody has a story. And social media has given us a platform to share a story. Now it comes sometimes through a filter and we have to be mindful of that. Um, but you have a story and you would classify your own journey and your own stories being atypical. And someone who listened to that uh, yeah. intro might be like, man, he's done a lot of things. How are these things connected? So why don't you share with us a little bit about your atypical journey and things <laughs> that you've been through and kind of what's what you're working
1: on, what's brought, what brought you here Uh, today? You know, Cam, as as a professional interviewer, um, this question always kind of excites me because it's always interesting to see where the guest goes. Like, where do you start in a question like that? So I'm going to start back in high school. Um, I was valedictorian, class president all four years, uh, student government, uh, academic, like... Like I said, valedictorian, I was a leader of the fellowship of Christian athletes, uh, academic decathlete, um, mock trial. Like I did everything. Yeah. And in that point in my life, and I write about this in my book, which you mentioned, The Involved Man, a lot of the reasons I did those things was the attention. Uh, I, I, for for whatever reason, somewhere along my journey growing up, I equated attention and doing well with being a good person. And I think I know now that's not always the case. But yeah. that is why I so pushed for those things. I loved being, you know, the I was a, I was an athlete. I was a darn good runner, uh, state level runner in cross country and track. Uh, so I was the athlete. I was the teacher's pet. You know, I got away with so much just because I was the "quote unquote" good kid. Yeah. Um, now take that into college. I, I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of advice from counselors in high school that you know I was going to go to Kansas State University, which is a very well respected engineering uh, university. Some of the top engineers in the world come out of Kansas State. And so I got, you know, Hey, you're good in math. You're good in science. Why don't you go to, you're going to K state, go into engineering. And I thought, yeah, I, that would be, that would be good. I think that's a good career path for me. It was terrible for me <laughs> 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 uh, to be quite frank. Sometimes other people's <laughs> paths for us aren't ideal, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the advice that we get sometimes, man, but I I did it because, again, I, I was getting this message of this is what you're good at. So go and do this thing that you're good at and you're going to get the attention. You're going to get the accolades. And I didn't do it for the right reasons for me. Um, the, the, the personality of an engineer, not that there's anything wrong with the personality of an engineer, but it's not who I am. I'm very extroverted. I feed off of other people's energy. Uh, I don't like to sit in a room all day and just like heads down, do my work. I've got to be out there connecting and talking and sharing and like creating stuff. And it, it affected me so much also because I was at a large university where I'm no longer like the spotlight's no longer on me. I yeah. struggled man. And to the point where I was on academic probation, I was a semester away from getting kicked out of college. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me speed this up a little bit. That's I eventually so became a journalism major. I, I eventually said, look, engineering is not for me. Yeah. I, I decided between two very different paths. I was either going to do kinesiology and study the human body. Interesting that I'm doing what I'm doing now as a personal trainer. uh, Or go the writing route and go into sports journalism and and be a, a reporter. I went that route, loved it. Found what I truly loved, which was telling people stories. It's not even about sports or journalism or working at a newspaper it was telling people's stories, man. Like, just like I said earlier, everyone has a story to tell and I want to uncover those things. I love interviewing people. So I became a journalist. Uh, I worked at a newspaper right out of college as an editor. It's a small town newspaper in Emporia, Kansas, where I met my my wife. (laughs) And uh, actually she and I went to the same high school together, but uh, we didn't know each other. She was actually one of my younger sister's really good friends. But we knew of each other, but we didn't know each other. One of those things. But we got yeah. set up when uh, she was going to Emporia State University and I was, the, I was working at the newspaper in Emporia. We met, we got married. I, we decided, look, we want to we raise a family. We want to we, we spend more time with each other than we do at work, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, so I left the journalism world, got into the technology and, and uh, started working at a tech company as a project manager. Career wise, I eventually worked my way up to marketing. And now I've for the last 15 years almost, I've I've led marketing teams at software companies. Yeah. So it's, but I never, I never left that desire to tell people stories and to to write to that, that journalism background in me is just is still there. So whether it was the Fit Dad Fitness podcast or the follow up question podcast that I'm doing now, that really helps kind of feed that. So Long way to answer that question of what my atypical journey has been. But I I love it, man. Like it's just prepared me for so much in life, just all the different things that I've realized, not only about myself, but about other people, I think is is what's been most valuable to me on that that path.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So good, man. And you know, a little bit of atypical for you as well is that you know you self-published a book in 2020 and when most people publish a book it's on blast everywhere like you can't go on (laughs) any of their things without hearing about it and you promoted it for a little bit and it, it was cool to see but man like your book has some really powerful messaging in it right? And you dive into the involved man. You talk about involved man as a husband and as a professional, um, as a friend and a doer. And you're looking at these things through a lens of telling your story. You know, you tell a lot about your story and how it impacts your life and the things that you've learned through your own experiences, but what was the motivation for you to write that book? And what are you hoping now that if somebody's listening to this and they want to get your book and we'll put all contact information in the show notes and stuff. But if they reach out and they and they start following you on Instagram, and they if they start listening to the follow-up question, they're like, I want to learn more about what this guy has to say.
1: Like, what are you hoping they get out of out of reading that book? Well, let me ask let me answer the first question uh that you know sorry, I loaded first, on which, you there. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, why did I write the book? I needed to get it out of me. Mm. You know, it was. I was at a point in my life where it's like I'm ready to, I'm ready to just let it all out there. (laughs) Um, And I will say, the primary motivation for wanting to get it out there is because I want to hand that book to my children someday and say, "This is your dad's story." Uh, And and to my son, I you know, it's the involved man, so it's speaking to men. I want him to to see and learn from my experiences and in what it took. Not that I think I'm this great, altruistic, amazing person, but the the struggles that I dealt with in my own life, I want my son to be able to learn from that. And it's a book, it's a short book. I think it's an easy read. I know some people who have bought it have said they finished it in a day. Great. I didn't yeah. set out to write the next, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. you know, fifty thousand word biography. Um, so I wanted to hand it to him in particular. And, and just give him my thoughts on what it means to be a man. Hmm. Now, I also want my daughter to read it because I want her to look for a partner who understands these things as well. And the, the book is broken up into what I believe are the, the four kind of principles that a, an involved man should live his life by in the prioritization or in the order of your purpose, having a purpose for your life, knowing that there is is something greater than yourself that you are a part of that you're striving for then prioritizing the people the relationships in your life those those people that are with you and matter most and within that there's even a ranking or a priority i believe right. as as you know a husband and a father my wife and that relationship comes before anything else then my children then my my extended family and then my friends then we go into what are you passionate about? What are the things that get you out of bed in the morning that perhaps aren't your job? How do you spend your time when you're not thinking about what am I going to post on social media? That's where the gold lies in what you're passionate about. And sometimes that flows into the last, the last of the, the P's, the priorities. That's your profession. What do you actually do to make money and and support your family and support yourself and and give to others and and to be able to sacrifice what you earn to to make the world a better place? Hopefully all those things align. Mm -hmm. But when, let's say, the passions in your life start to rank above the people in your life, or when your job, your profession, start to rank above your passions or even the people in your life, that's where guys get off track. That's where guys start to make decisions that are more egocentric. Uh, that's where relationships are harmed. That's where we begin to feel like we're not, um, we're not living the life we were meant to live. You know, we all have that feeling. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm not living how I think I, I want to. And sometimes you got to even examine that is that real? Is that authentic or are you looking at somebody else and saying i want their life? Like it's just there's so much nuance in in all of it but i want guys to take away from the from the book if they read it that your story and the way that you prioritize and live your life has to be in balance if you are going to show up as a man and best serve the people who rely on you most. That's what I hope people yeah. take away from it. And, and my book is not a finger wagging, like, do it like I did. No, not my book at all. Is, my book is, here's all the times I really messed this up. Yeah. Learn from me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what I appreciated when I was
0: reading, it was the vulnerability. Like you, yeah. you, when you're reading someone's story, there is a tone sometimes you get when it's like, they're saying, here's what I did. Here's how you should do it. Mm -hmm. And in, in how you framed your stories and how you shared your knowledge, it was a, a through vulnerability, this lens of like, here's, here's my story, take it or leave it. Here's where I messed up. Here's how I grew. And here's some steps that helped me along the way, take them, implement them if they work for you. And, and it's great because it's a lot of times guys, I feel Men fathers especially feel judged for areas in which they struggle areas in which they'll maybe they'll mess up one time or maybe they'll be struggling with something in their life, something that has their attention when it shouldn't have their attention. And they feel that to be vulnerable and say, turn over to someone and say, hey, I'm struggling with this right now or to find an accountability partner or an accountability group or a mastermind to be part of like you need to surround yourself with men who want to be vulnerable in order to help you grow. And you do that in your book. And that's what I, I truly do appreciate how you've, how you framed your, your messaging in that. So uh, I'm so happy it came off that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, we can jump off the book in a minute, but there is something in there that I think is important. You know, when you started, this is kind of where the worlds collide is when you started fit die fitness, you crafted um, 16 goals of fitness mm. and the, you read through this list and I have it in front of me here and do you have the memorized or would you like me to say that? I can say that. I, them, I, I do not have the memorized. I don't know. I've got it pulled <laughs> up here. Somewhere. No, and it's, it's awesome. Right. And it's this one section in the book and you go over the 16 goals of fitness and you offer this, I think as a, as a free, uh, somebody can get this for free on your fit that fitness website as well. Yeah. But you talk about commitment, working hard, perseverance, improving, being tough, self-discipline, having great effort, enthusiasm, being positive, accountability, don't accept quitting, no self-limitations, no shortcuts, consistency, challenge yourself, and I think a big one, responsibility. And you have those as the 16 rules of fit goals of fitness, but man, those, those can be across all areas, can't they? Like th- those aren't just limited yeah. to fitness.
1: No, they're they're not, and and that was the intent behind it. And I, I have to uh, again be totally honest here. I've adapted these from uh, former Kansas State football coach Bill Snyder, his 16 goals for success. Hall of Fame football coach, winningest football coach in K State history, uh, took K State from just the worst college football program in in the country to you know several times being ranked number one. Um, just a fantastic. Coach, mentor, leader. And he had these 16 goals for success that I took and adapted to, I think, be more in line with, for one, fitness. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you don't have to be in the gym to be responsible and challenge yourself. You don't have to be, you know, working out and exercising to give great effort and enthusiasm in the things that you do and the things that you're passionate about. So, yeah, they absolutely, I mean, I think they can be motivating for people who want to work out or who want to get started working on their fitness. But for, I'll let you in on a secret cam. Yeah. I never started fit dad fitness to really talk to men about fitness. Yeah. Like fitness, yeah, we've had was, this conversation. fitness yeah. was the Trojan horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I figured if I could connect with guys in a way that they would, uh, not be standoffish to the message that I had that I eventually wrote about in The Involved Man, then I could affect men's lives and help make them better husbands, fathers, friends, professionals, leaders within their community. Like fitness, I saw as this is the foundational thing that can make better men, right? Yeah, love it. I love it because it's kind
0: of where I wanted to... (laughs) <laughs> asking next right and head next you're passionate about leadership development you're you know you've done public speaking on it um now when it comes to leadership development and fatherhood you know the name of this podcast is dads making a difference and we want to help guys develop the leadership skills and attributes they need to be those guys that are making a difference in their families community and business could you speak to the importance of taking action um in that journey, as it relates to the tough decisions you had to make in some transitions, you made some transitions in your life in the last little bit, you know, trans, I think you've shocked a lot of people when you transitioned from fit that fitness and shut down the podcast. And I'm, I'm sure you shocked your parents when you went from valedictorian to almost getting booted out of college and changing your major, like in your life, you've had to make transitions. Could you speak to the importance of taking action as it develops leadership? As being a dad.
1: Oh man. How much time do we have, Cam? <laughs> as
0: much as you need, my friend. Uh,
1: let me start by saying this. Um, I know that the way that I operate is not the way that everyone else operates. And, and my wife, who's just right outside the door here, she will tell you, and she makes the comment to me all the time. I don't understand how you can make a decision so quickly. Like, she'll, she'll sit down, she'll consider the, the pros and cons, she'll consider and weigh, you know, what is the best path forward. And in my mind, for whatever reason, it just clicks. So I understand that the way that I operate can be very different from a lot of people. I say that because of what I'm going to say right now. If I see something that needs to get done, or if I see something that I think is a better path long-term, for me, my family, my marriage, I'm going to do it and not ask questions. Not always the right way. Not always saying that that is the best way to do it. <laughs> but um, you know, let's take the let's take Fit Dad Fitness for example, and the Fit Dad Fitness podcast. I was the longest running, largest podcast out there for fathers, specifically dedicated to fathers in their fitness. You know, like you mentioned, almost 400 episodes. And in December 2021, I shut it down. Um there were several reasons for that. One, I had a I had a very pointed conversation with my boss at work. Like I'm I'm still I still have a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the director of marketing at a company called The Receptionist based here in Denver, Colorado where I live. I had a very pointed conversation with my boss and he brought up the concern to me that Michael, you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. Like you're a speaker, you you write, you do t-. at the time I was doing two podcasts, um I, I'm, I'm a master's student. So I'm getting my master's degree oh, in mass awesome. communications. Uh, and, and there was just all this stuff that I was doing. And he, he brought it up to me. And I appreciate him bringing it up to me saying, Look, I think you're doing too much. <laughs> mm. We need to talk about this. And that was one of the things where I was also feeling at the time like, Fit Dad Fitness podcast has maybe run its course. And I'm doing this other podcast that has me wildly energized. The follow-up question, Cam, is everything that I wanted my career to be as a journalist, to uncover people's stories, to make us all more relatable in some way to another person. And my my heart and my passion, if I'm talking, if I'm using the language of Simon Sinek, yeah. you know, my just cause out there or or my why or however you want to word it is to be in selfless service to those in my charge so that they might reach their goals and live the life that they always dreamed for themselves. And if if I am being distracted by doing too many things, I have have a lot of energy, so it doesn't feel like I'm doing too many things, but other people may see it differently Then I need to take account and take stock of what's going on here. So how that relates to leadership, um, I don't know that I have a clean answer for that. (laughs) Um, Other than what I just said in my just cause, like I need to first and foremost as a leader, whether it is my, my family, whether it is the folks in my charge at work, the people who rely on me and depend on me day in and day out, I need to make sure that I am waking up and doing things for them to make sure that they are succeeding, that they are successful. However, I can bring my unique talents into that situation that's my goal, and the transitions that I have gone through in my life have all been with that in mind. Like mm-hmm. that end goal in mind is like this is no longer serving me, not not just me, but this is no longer serving the people who depend on me. Well, and so I looked at the Fit Deaf Fitness podcast, for instance, and said, "You know what? My boss is sitting here telling me this is no long like this is something that's no longer serving." This relationship well. And I ended it. And it wasn't that hard of a decision. Yeah. <laughs> to isn't be that, quite honest. Yeah. Isn't that incredible when you get there? Yeah. You know,
0: I was the next question I was going to ask you, and I'm not, you don't need to answer it now, is I was going to ask you, what have you removed from your life in order to be a more impactful father? And you just spoke about, you know, something that was dear to you. You put a lot of effort in and you had to remove it to get you to progress to move on. Like you took lead and you took yeah. action in that. And you shared
1: about what you're excited about right now. Well, can can I can I address that though, Katie, yeah. real quick. Cause I yeah. think that's a big question for a lot of fathers is like, I'm I'm busy, I've got my work, I've got job, like right. I've got my kids, I've got my marriage. Um, what do I, what can I cut out to to be a better father and or to yes. serve those folks well? That's a question you and I probably always get as in our work with yep. dads, right? we so often look for the tangible answer like go to bed earlier so cut out you know time on your phone or cut out tv or cut out going out drinking with the boys or or cut out these tangible things yeah. i think as a father you have to cut out your ego love it that is Powerful. if if there is anything that i can point to that <laughs> has served me the best as a husband, a father, a a professional. The work that I do in my hobbies, with the with with the follow up question and the podcast that I've done. You have to get rid of your ego, man. Like it, it, fatherhood, for instance, is one of the most humbling things that you will ever go through. Being a parent, not just a dad, but being a parent, it is so freaking humbling. And if you if you have ego, and say no. This is, you know, we as parents will be the first to admit, we're just making it up as we go along. And we're only relying on what we, the examples that we had when we were growing up. And at the same time, in the next breath, we'll say, it's my way or the highway. Like, where's the, like, where do we get the ego? Where's the audacity in that man to say, to say like, we don't know what we're doing, but it has to be my way, (laughs) you know, giving up that ego. Uh, whether it is, you know, the the humbling experience that my wife and I went through when our daughter was born and she had colic for the first two years of her life, we thought when we were just, you know, we had one kid, we thought we were the greatest parents ever. Our son was great. He was he slept through the night. Like after just a few weeks, he was he was talking and walking early. We were just, you know, we were it as parents. Yeah. That humbling experience of realizing we have no clue what we're doing. Um, even going back to the example of my boss coming to me and saying, look, you've got to cut things out of your life, man, or, or something, something else is going to have to change. Think about how my response would have been had I come at him with ego. Right. Think about how I would have taken that, you know, cause, and, and I'll be, I'll be very frank. I, I say I cut out ego. My ego crops up all the time. My first response chorus, to that cam chorus, was "What yeah. the hell, man. And who are you? Like, who are you? I'm (laughs) getting on LinkedIn right now and I'm looking for new jobs. Yeah. like that lasted all of about five minutes. Yeah. But that's always like so much of the default. So having that self-awareness to ask ask yourself, like, where's this coming from? Where, why, why is this, why is this getting me right now? Man, if there's, if there's anything dads need to give up to be better husbands, better fathers, better, better professionals, give up your ego, man. That's where it starts. That's right. That's right. I love that. You know, ego often,
0: and it's so misleading. We can get just, we can get sucked down rabbit holes and what we feel our passion is or vision is or what we're meant to do if we base it on our ego,
1: right? Um, Well, let's go back to our conversation earlier about social media. If I approach social media with, with an ego, then any sort of, hate or vitriol or, or antagonistic behavior to what I'm putting out there and posting feels like a personal front and a personal affront. It feels like they're coming after me and that can get, that can cause some guys to get into some really not good situations. Yeah. Right. So
0: what encouragement do you have for dads right now who might be facing a change, might need to cut something back, might be facing transition or they, they just feel, as I've heard this, I'm sure you've heard this in the last of it, that the, the S word, I'm stuck. I just mm. feel stuck right now. What encouragement would you give to guys right now who, who might find themselves in that place?
1: I would start by asking yourself questions. Um, I found in the work that I've done with my podcast, the follow-up question, that the most self-aware people, not just men, but people, they They go through this process of asking questions um, where they first begin to ask questions of themselves. They get in their head and they say, How do I feel that way? Um, How did I come to believe that this is how my life should be? Like, we're really good at saying we should be this thing. I should be this. I should have this. I should, you know be in this job. I should have this much money. I should have that car. We're really good at, I called it in my first TEDx talk, shooting on ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. I I was just thinking of a t-shirt that I saw. I said, don't (laughs) shoot on me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Uh, So getting, getting introspective and asking yourself like really vulnerable, deep within your heart questions of why you believe what you believe right now. Then we start to ask questions. These, these self-aware, nuanced people start to ask questions about other people. Um, they start to get curious about, well, what is it about that person's life that I'm, I'm thinking that my life should look like theirs? How did they get there? What does their like, life look like that perhaps is different than mine? Um, why might they have been in a position to get that promotion over me? Um, why how how did they mold and shape their career that is different than how i molded and shaped my own getting curious about other people's stories and then you mentioned it earlier uh, you know having an accountability partner or or somebody a friend you can go to or a mentor you know a group of guys to begin asking questions of other people mm-hmm opening up those, that heart, man, coming, coming into conversations with an open heart and open palms and saying, I don't have all the answers here, guys. Can I ask you some questions? Cause I'm really struggling with this. Like we're really good. And it's, it's been happening a lot over the last two years as we have been literally physically distant from each other. We're really good about staying in our heads and never getting those thoughts out. So yeah, start in your head begin to get introspective and and, and self reflective about what it is you believe, how you came to those beliefs, why you believe the way that you do, then start getting curious about other people and then go ask those people. like stop thinking that you have to within the entirety of your being, come up with all the answers to everything that you could possibly face in your life. If right. you're stuck, ask yourself, why do I believe I'm stuck? Am I actually stuck or am I comparing myself to something else or of a, a A version of myself that I thought I should be based on how I was raised, based on how my father talked to me or my mother talked to me, based on how a teacher, you know, guided me or a coach guided me back in high school. Then, you know, just follow that path, man. And eventually you've got to get to the point where you go to another guy. Right. You know, we're talking, we're talking to men, we're talking to dads here. Go to another guy and say, dude, these are the questions that I'm asking myself. Can you help me sort through? I just need to get these out. And then be open for questions? the answer, right? And then be open you have the to be answer. ready for the answer. Set that ego aside and be
0: ready yeah. for the answer, right? <laughs> you know, One of the most powerful experiences of my life um, happened when I did that. I surrounded myself with a trusted group of advisors, men that I, I got to know and trust. And when I would come to them and they would more or less <laughs> lay into me a little bit, but to say that, hey, we can have unfiltered conversations. And if you're in isolation, you're not growing because you can't have unfiltered conversations with the friends that you have. That maybe you're like, no, I would never talk about this with that person. Like we go for a beer, but I would never talk to them about this. Or he's my workout buddy, but we'd never talk about this. You need to find um, sorry, I'm just piggybacking on your thought here. No, please. I love it. (laughs) You need to find a group of men who you're not worried about getting your feelings hurt a little bit because you know that they're a trusted group. And they're doing the best for you, and you need to be
1: able to find people you can have unfiltered conversations with. I agree, man. That's and a powerful point. Let's be clear about unfiltered conversations and trust. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between a guy that you go to who you know you open up to, or you you know they their feedback to you is, "Look, you're a douche. Like, yeah. stop being a douche." And there's a difference between that and saying, "Like, bro, um, I've seen the way that you." I've seen the way you present yourself in meetings and you come off really standoffish. Right. And when anybody challenges your ideas in a meeting, you shut down. Right. And it is clear on your face. It is evident to everyone you've checked out. And that makes people not want to work with you. Now, dude, Cam... I've Doesn't. had that conversation. Like that is literally a conversation that I've had. There's a difference yeah. between some guy who is, you know, quote-unquote unfiltered and just craps on you. Right. And then there's yeah. another there's another version of that where you've built trust, where you know that they've got your best interest at heart, where they can give you some really pointed advice or or direction. And again, you set aside your ego and ask yourself questions and say Yeah. Why do I respond that way when people challenge my ideas? Right. Right.
0: Or why do I put up a front? Like, why am I entering this conversation with a front, you Mm -hmm. know, unfiltered? I like what you said. I think that's a very important distinction between just having no filter and being (laughs) unfiltered. Right. Boom. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) There's, there's definitely a difference between that. Um, I can tell you, I had a conversation last week with a, a gentleman who said, Cam, you told me that these were your goals in your marriage with your wife. Yet, when we connect in our mastermind group every week, when we report on these things, you're not putting in the action, and the work necessary to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Like that's unfiltered, man. That's like me taking a shot in the gut and being like, you're right. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> um, I, I can't speak enough to how much I appreciate your your perspective, your experience, and uh, your knowledge when it comes to one team development, Like you work in a space where your team, if you don't think Michael's a good team leader, you got to read his reviews (laughs) on LinkedIn. Like everybody's just glowing about this guy. Um, But but Michael, I appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and to be honest Mm -hmm. and to come at things without an ego. And Thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. We're up against it, but man, I, I appreciate everything that you have to say. And I know it's super valuable for any man who's listening
1: to this. Uh, where can guys find you? Right now. So fitdadfitness.com is still up and out there. And I still kind of pay attention to it every now and then. I will say, uh, if, you, if you've ever followed me on on my fitdadfitness Fitness accounts on social media, I'm not nearly as active on there. So uh, I am much more pouring my efforts into... Uh, my work with the follow-up question and michaelashford.com, just my name. Com. Um, that's where kind of the hub of everything that I'm doing now is. Uh, I'm also probably much more active on Twitter um, under my account, Michael D. Ashford. And uh, that's where I'm sharing a lot of the stuff that I'm learning from my, my follow-up question podcast and just the, the leadership and marketing stuff that I'm involved in that's that's been uh, a new avenue for me to kind of explore as I'm trying to get a little bit more away from Instagram.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And if you're listening to this and we'll
0: put all that contact information in the show notes and you're looking to connect with Michael and you're like, Cam, I need to connect with this guy. Send us a message at dad's making a difference. Uh, you can just follow us on Instagram or you can send me a message here at the dmdpodcast.com. And we'll make sure to connect you with Michael. Michael so much. Great things came out of that conversation. We got to do this again sometime, brother. Uh, thank you for time, the time you took out of your busy day and your schedule and time away from your family today. And I wish you all the best as you move forward with the follow-up question and everything else that's coming up for you in your public speaking and everything else in your, in your path.
1: Thanks, Cam. I appreciate you, brother. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, man.
0: Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.